Welcome to the podcast. Um, today we will be speaking about the NHS 70th anniversary Winteras and Commonwealth Nurses Initiative. Um, 2020 is Florence Nightingale's bicentennial year and has been designated by the WHO, that's the World Health Organization, as the first ever uh, global year of the nurse and midwife. Um, we have two interviews, uh, speaking with three people in total. Uh, first interview was with Antonio and Jack, Antonia Valentim. Uh, she is responsible uh, for managing a COVID-19 center uh, for Portuguese and Spanish migrants uh, living in the UK. She's also a managing director at uh, Africa and the Diaspora United. Um, together with her is Dr. Jack Böhler. Um, he is founder and CEO of the Nubian Jack Community Trust, which is a charity. He is responsible, or the uh, trust is responsible uh, for the initiative. That is the NHS 70th anniversary of Interest and Commonwealth Nurses Initiative. And um, we will start with Michelle, Michelle Johnson, who is uh, Chief Nurse at uh, Whittington Hospital and Director of Allied Health Professionals at Whittington Health NHS Trust. And I'm starting with Michelle, even though I interviewed her last, uh, because it paints a very clear picture. Nurses always have been on the front line, but at the moment they're working 24-7. These are very trying times, and I thought that uh, came out very clearly out of the interview. I'm very happy that she took a couple of minutes uh, of her time to speak with me and uh, really supporting, obviously, the initiative. Um, here we go. First, Michelle, and after that, Antonia and Jack. Oh, hi, it's Michelle Johnson here. Michelle, hi, Whittington thank Health. you so much for taking the time um, to speak oh, with you're me. you're very welcome. You're chief nurse at uh, Whittington Hospital. I am. Yeah, so so I'm chief nurse, um, and um, the trust is called Whittington Health. Whittington Health, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, which is an integrated care organisation, uh-huh. which includes a district general hospital, yeah, as well as community health services. So that's in people's homes, yeah. and also we have mental health services. And I understand that, that you're well known for educating and training uh, nurses. Is that is that uh, what Jack told me? Is that correct? Or yeah, well, so, um, we work with our local universities to train um, nurses, pre-registration nurses, yeah. nurses who are doing more work-based apprenticeship type training, as well as post-registration. Jack told me um, you know him quite well. I understand that the uh, the statue itself will be placed in front of the hospital. Um, that's right. That's right. Which is very we, we, so. So we um, we're a trust in North Central London. Yeah. So it's an inner London borough that the hospital is in, and then we provide community and mental health services across two very diverse um, and very de- deprived boroughs, which mm. is Haringey and Islington. Um, uh, the the population we serve is highly diverse and uh, predominantly is from a, a black and asian minority ethnic population yeah. and our workforce reflects that mm-hmm. so we have a workforce of about four and a half thousand staff and 46 percent of them come from a black and asian minority ethnic background right. um, and we have a long history of recruiting staff and welcoming staff from across um, certainly um, all nationalities but going back in time mm-hmm. through to the Windrush of the 1950s yeah. uh, a significant number of nurses and midwives were placed 
at what was then known as Whittington Hospital um, or its predecessor names, trusts in, in the UK tend to change their names quite regularly. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, so we have, you know, a number of staff who, you know, family, you know, family members came over as part of Windrush from the Commonwealth back in the 1950s and 60s yeah. and have connections with Whittington um, Hospital or they might be a district nurse, you know, or a community midwife, yeah. but working in our local geography. So that is why the statue will be placed at, um, at oh, the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah? I, I think it, yes. I think it will be so symbolic for our staff. and powerful message that, you know, we recognise the contribution that nurses and midwives have made from across the Commonwealth for many, many years. For how long? Since the 50s, you mentioned, huh? the 1950s. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so the first, you know, the boats came from, you know, the Windrush, HMS Windrush came from, you know, the Caribbean to London, Yeah. you know, and a number of those staff, you know, people came to North London Yeah. and have been part of our community ever since. Fantastic, fantastic. And obviously this year also, and I, I spoke about that yesterday as well, it's the uh, 2020 um, is really um, uh, the year, uh, according to the World Health Organization, um, of the nurse uh, and the midwife, and it's really you know an opportunity to say thank you to the yeah. professions and uh, to really promote nursing oh, and midwifery as a career. Yeah, it's a really significant year for us. So um, every year there is an International Day of the Nurse and International Day of the Midwife. Okay, and that you know the twelfth of May is um, the Nurses' Day and the fifth of May is Midwives, and it's acknowledged across the world every year okay. those two days. Um, which is why it's supported by WHO. Mm-hmm. Um, this year is so significant because it's the 200. It would have been it's the 200th anniversary of Florence Nightingale's uh, birth. Florence Nightingale. So right. it, yeah. yeah. So and of course Florence Nightingale is renowned for her contribution to healthcare mm-hmm. and nursing for many many years. You know, back to the Crimea War. Um, so, you know, so this year feels even more significant. Yeah. I, I suppose, you know, I can't ignore, you know, or not mention coronavirus and yeah. COVID-19. You know, we perhaps, you know, our celebrations for this year's, you know, International Nurse, you know, International Day of the Nurse has been mm. so different to what we expected and planned. Yeah. And of course, we were going to, you know, to commemorate the day through the launch of this statue or yeah. the unveiling of the statue yeah. and of course we haven't been able to do that it's because. just postponed obviously but um yeah a lot of people appreciate uh, the, the profession even more at this point hey? yeah i mean it's it, it's you know it, it's an incredibly hard last three months yeah you know i've been a nurse for 30 plus years and this last three months leading the organization as the chief nurse has been probably the most challenging thing I've ever done in my career yeah um and that's an, on an emotional level on a practical level of just having to work 24 7 or be responsible for all the care and all the you know all the staff for you know just the last three months but you know also just unprecedented the things we've had to do and work in a different way Mm. Obviously, there was a bit of bit of news yesterday from um, from Boris Johnson. Uh, first of all, 
he mentions that the uh, more bereaved families of NHS, they can stay in the UK. And second thing was yeah. that he scraps the uh, NHS fee for four and a half workers. Obviously, after being personally uh, helped uh, by someone from New Zealand and uh, from Portugal, from what I understand. So, um, yeah. um I just know from Whittington Health perspective, yeah. is we value and support every member of staff. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever their, you know, nas- nationality or background or, you know, where they, you know, have come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, and that's a really important message for, the, for our organisation yeah. is just how we value everyone, mm-hmm. you know. But, but certainly, you know, the focus on the NHS as a whole has been phenomenal over, the, you know, the last three months and the yeah. support for the NHS is, you know, uh, it's been lovely. It's been great for staff morale at a time when people are dealing with things that, you know, have been so distressing and, you know, um, just life-changing in a way. Absolutely. You know, know, people's work life wasn't just changed. Their whole life was changed, wasn't it, with lockdown and, you know, and the way, you know, the population had to respond. Well, that applied to, you know, all the NHS workers as well, you know. Yeah, no, the work you're doing is really amazing, I must say. I believe um, Jack told me yesterday that you won an award, the Wind Rush Award. Um, was that this year or last year? And why was that? Um, it was two years ago. So the, for the 75th anniversary of the NHS, yeah. which was two years ago, they had NHS celebrations. And part of that was an award um, program for different, you know, nurse of the year type thing, mm-hmm. and um, our one of our ni- nurses won a lifetime achievement award. He's one of our midwives, actually, yeah. um, for her commitment to the NHS for the last forty years, and she was a Windrush midwife. Right. So she came as a child from the Commonwealth, yeah. settled here and then joined the NHS as a midwife and still working with us today, which is just amazing. Amazing indeed. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So she got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Brilliant. I want to thank you very much for your time today and just uh, taking that and uh, calling me. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Speaking today with uh, Antonia, Antonia Valentim, who is... uh, responsible for managing a COVID-19 center for Portuguese and Spanish um, migrants uh, living in the UK. Please correct me if I'm totally wrong and welcome to the show, Antonia. Hello, good afternoon. That's correct. I've been working on this wonderful project uh, where I understand that, you know, there is a crisis and we've been providing uh, both communities with um, uh, basic boxes of food. Brilliant. And uh, Dr. Jack Bela uh, from the Nubian Jack Community Trust, uh, responsible for commemorative activities. And uh, also, please correct me if I'm totally wrong there. Welcome, uh, Jack. How are you? It's a pleasure, Peter. I'm very well indeed. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for asking indeed. And I understand that that you're very well known for um, independent uh, uh, plaque and sculpture schemes in the UK. And you're one of the few, actually, that uh, is endorsed by English Heritage. Indeed, that's absolutely correct. Yes, we put commemorative plaques and statues around the country. We're beginning to foray into international commemorations. Once the lockdown's eased, yeah. we'll be doing some plaques abroad, which I'll tell you about a later time. But yes, we're delighted to be the probably the largest diverse plaque scheme in the UK and Europe, in fact. 
Ah, okay. And then you are a non-for-profit organization, just like uh, Indeed, English Heritage? Yeah? In fact, you're a charity. Yeah, we're a registered charity. Yeah. Um, and uh, like English Heritage, yes, we are dependent on, you know, patronages from independent uh, sponsors, etc. Right. And I'm reaching out to you, uh, obviously, because of the project that you're working on currently, which is the appreciation yes. celebration of nurses and midwives who came from all over the Commonwealth to... Uh, help the, at that point, fledging uh, NHS, from what I understand, yeah? Indeed. Um, in 1948, of course, when the NHS was formed, we mm -hmm. also had the year of the arrival of the Windrush, the Windrush uh, generation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them uh, entered the NHS uh, health service in its infancy. And it's been said, often repeated, without their support uh, and contribution and, and dedication, the NHS would have died in its infancy. So wow. we're very grateful to them and we will be honouring them with a wonderful seven-foot granite statue mm -hmm. at the Whittington Hospital in October. Okay, brilliant. And obviously this is the year, um, I should point that out, and actually I didn't know that until a couple of days yes. ago, 2020 is the year of the nurse and the midwife. Uh, this has been uh, designated by the World Health Organization, the first Indeed. ever global year uh, for the yes, nurse and the midwife. So, Absolutely. So this is the exact year, the ideal year, to be honoring them with a statue. Uh -huh. Wouldn't it be absolutely wonderful? And also, to be fair, with the phenomenon, the uh, the global bug, the super bug, uh, COVID-19 yeah. that's going around, uh, there are many, many people, uh, uh, which um, Antonio will tell you a little bit about later, mm -hmm. who have, um, you know, uh, dedicated, frankly, uh, their lives and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Sadly, mm. most of them uh, have been from a minority background. Yeah. So this statue will also commemorate them, Peter. Yeah, we'll, we'll also be celebrating their, their I'll, service. I'll come to the numbers a little bit later, but I was actually shocked um, um, when, that, when I read that. But obviously, this year is opportunity really to say thank you. Uh, yes. to the professions, showcasing their talents, their expertise, and to promote nursing and midwifery as careers. Um, and obviously in these times, I think, you know, no matter, I, I really, really think you should really think about those professions um, that, that yeah. uh, are really doing more than is expected of them. They go beyond uh, what is expected of them. I, if I look at bus drivers uh, a couple of weeks ago, yep. 11 mm -hmm. bus drivers in the UK uh, passed away from the coronavirus. Yeah. As the nurses are right there on the front line. And um, yeah. I think it's for something like 14% um, uh, 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 really um, uh, globally. BME staff? Yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's like 33% um, uh, really under a certain population that uh, yes. passed away. So that, that's... Yes. Uh, quite significant. Now, um, I've got a question for Antonia. Um, obviously, what, what does it okay. mean to you? 2020, year of the nurse and the midwife, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a, a very important event. After speaking, I was thinking how to approach this subject, but after speaking with Jack, yeah. I understood that he's doing an amazing project because it's, we need to honor them. You mm -hmm. know, they've been our heroes. Uh, they've been putting their, their, themselves at risk to make sure we are all healthy and safe. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, but really and truly, this is this is all about looking after each other and giving a step further, even though if we're not professionals, to still help within the community. Mm -hmm. And this is who, where I come in, because um, as you know, people that work on the frontline NHS jobs, yeah. um, they usually live in crowded multi multi generational homes. Mm -hmm. And mm. where social distancing is very hard to practice. Um, so we know that they most likely, the, 
about 40% or 50% if I'm not wrong of the the deaths are more to to come to uh, to do with these people who are from the African backgrounds mm -hmm. and Asian yeah. backgrounds and also the minority backgrounds yeah. so they're dying every single day they're dead they're dying like heroes really because they're putting themselves in front it's just a shame the government are not taking the right measurements to protect them mm -hmm. because mm. Uh, this group of people like the B BMA, BME um, yeah. which is the black and minority ethnic community most of them suffer from underlying conditions that they are unknown of because they sometimes prioritize their profession mm -hmm. uh, in front of the patient's uh, health and they don't even know they've got these illnesses so the COVID-19 yeah. is just showing us that even though they they're there helping other people they may be not aware of what they're suffering from mm -hmm. um And I believe that the government should put in place uh, some uh, procedures to make them either step down or work in different uh, areas of the hospitals yep. in order for them to keep providing the care for the patients. Yep. Because they're dying every single day. The, the number of dead is growing on this particular group of, of the BMME. Yeah, absolutely. I actually saw an article this morning. It said that uh, the staff employed by the NHS, uh, BAME, uh, account for approximately 21%. 20% mm -hmm. is amongst nursing and support staff, 44% amongst the medical staff. And the mm. deaths that occur uh, amongst these groups account for 63%, 64%, and wow. 95%. Uh, that it's quite is, a lot. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Three, between two and three times as, as, as many as in all the other groups that are really yes. uh, working. There's actually also a site on the BBC, bbc.co.uk, remembering yes. NHS and healthcare workers who have uh, died. They are really on the front line. Uh, by the way, um, I detect, uh, I myself, I'm Dutch, I'm also not from this, uh, from this country, but I detect uh, an accent there, Antonia. Where are you from? Oh, I'm original from Angola, but I grew up in Portugal. So I've got kind of a mixture of cultures on yep. me uh -huh. because my, my maternal grandmother was Portuguese. Right. Uh, and my, my father was a known, a known um, woodcrafter. Uh -huh. So you, you were traveling around the world working with all these uh, important people, leaders, world uh -huh. leaders. You, know, you met them uh, face to face. Uh -huh. uh, And then I became ambitious showing my dad doing that type of thing and I started traveling myself. Okay. Um, I end up in UK, I've got these accents, but my culture, mm -hmm. even though I was born in Angola, I'm embracing my Angolan culture right now because I'm working with different communities. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I, I thought it was Portuguese indeed, but Angola they speak Portuguese there as well, obviously. And uh, yeah. we was colonized. We was colonized by Portuguese yeah. over 45 years now. Yeah. And yeah. we now we now got our independence yeah. for over 45 years, but the the accent is still there. The language is Portuguese, the main language. Uh -huh. Right, okay. Yeah. I'm just coming to this because Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson has been in the hospital um, uh, from the uh, virus as well. He emerged from the hospital. And the first thing that he did, as a matter of fact, uh, was not only thank the NHS, but he pointed out uh, two nurses that particularly helped him. One was from New Zealand and the other one was from Portugal. Uh, Louis yeah. from yeah. Portugal. Louis, so, uh, two, Louis from yeah, Portugal. <laughs> yeah, two immigrants who served the yeah. NHS. What was the... Um, Uh, that were thanked by Boris Johnson. And there was an article in the newspaper today um, saying that the families uh, from overseas NHS support staff and care workers uh, who have died with the coronavirus, they can stay in the UK permanently. So I think they're appreciating it a little bit more after what happened to Boris. What do you think? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that Boris Johnson would have a different approach to to the Brexit or uh-huh. the situation with the Brexit because he was actually treated and well cared uh, by by immigrants. Uh-huh. But the only mm. problem that I can see is that even though these immigrants are coming to to the country to work in a very low wages in the lowest income you can imagine, uh-huh. they still have to pay lots of fees. It's like it's like they have to pay. Uh, 400 pounds, 400 pounds uh, a year to to use the NHS services yeah. on taxes and on any other things they need to pay because they they the immigrants of course. But what really makes me sad is is Boris Johnson mentioning that he needs to increase that tax in order to to bring income to the country, which I don't think is fair because. They're already in a very low income, and if anything happens to them, yeah. their families obviously will be deported with no legal status to stay. So it's just not fair. I don't think it's fair at all. Absolutely. That has changed this morning. Though. So the uh, article was on uh, BBC News uh, this morning, yeah. as a matter of fact, just 57 minutes ago. So. Okay, um, then we have a question for Jack. Obviously, 2020, uh, year of the yes. nurse, midwife. Uh, at the same time, we're looking at uh, your project, uh, which yes. is obviously appreciation and celebration of nurses and, uh, and midwives. That seems like a, a very topical moment to do so. Or what, it's what very we... laudable as well. And it's great uh-huh. listening to you and Antonia talk because it's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. What uh, the... Uh, NHS is currently made up of the makeup of it ethnically mm-hmm. frankly is no different to when it was first patronized by the Windrush and Commonwealth staff who came here the um, employing of these overseas nurses and midwives and doctors and laundry staff and porters and all these wonderful people who made up the NHS um, uh, they would later uh, become the bunt of the Windrush scandal. Uh-huh. So um, without making too fine a point of it, after this um, cloud has blown over, I wouldn't be surprised if those who were zealous for Brexit and so forth again start uh, targeting the uh, minority communities, some of which we've now discovered um, have um, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice during this time of the crisis. Yeah. So it's like a cycle and we feel it's time to punctuate these dedications, these contributions with a memorial statue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be the most beautiful, wonderful piece of architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, it, it actually shows a nurse being, um, or feeding a baby, a baby being suckled by a nurse. Right. And of course, the baby is the NHS and the nurse is the the said target group of Windrush wind, 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 wind nurses and midwives will be honouring. Brilliant. And why Whittington Hospital? Well, great, because uh, when you speak to the Whittington staff, I, I, I met the chief executive, Siobhan Harrit, Harrison, uh, Harrington, wonderful lady. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> head, of, head of nurses is Michelle Johnson, who hopefully I think you'll be able to get an interview with. Yep. Whittington was the place where most of these nurses uh, worked at. So they had... Historically, they have had the highest number of overseas nurses and midwives working at the Whittington Hospital. So it's the perfect place in North London Mm -hmm. to uh, put up this national statue. It must be said, it was going to go up on the 22nd of June um, this year. Obviously, it has been postponed, eh? like everything else, right? Exactly, exactly. And, And by the way, that day is Windrush Day. Yes. That was Windrush Day. Oh, it's Windrush Day. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. It's Windrush Day, Antonia. Yes, yes. So we've moved it to October, though, um, which is celebrated uh, as Black History Month uh, uh, and uh, a great chance to commemorate uh, 
African and uh, Caribbean culture. So mm -hmm. we'll be installing it then. Brilliant. And yes. this is a collaboration between uh, your trust, the Nubian Jack Community Trust, Whittington Hospital and the NHS. Yes, uh, that's and the right. NHS. Absolutely fantastic. And there's so many nurses that will be, be uh, memorialised. Like <laughs> I said, not just the current heroes, the COVID workers, but people in the past, like Daphne Steele, who in 1964 became the very first matron in this country. People like Jackie Hartley-Bent, who okay. actually delivered our two future years, the two future years to this country um the two of the first three children by um william and kate mm -hmm. were delivered by a black woman ah. from trinidad yes oh, okay i did not know that yes and there's so much there's so much people that we will be memorialized on tonya on the day as you know um that uh, it'll be great and it also is accompanying a book peter which we won't go into right now but there's an amazing book accompanying the installation of the statue. Right. Uh, it's called? Oh, Nurse... lovely. That's the name. It's wonderful. It's called Nurse in a Nation. Nursing in a Nation. Nursing in a Nation. Uh -huh. And it Nursing includes an introduction. Yes, it includes an introduction by Patricia Scotland, who's the current head of the Commonwealth. Ah. But it has, has 51 independent contributions, Peter. Right. So it's a wonderful document that will accompany this national monument, which I believe will be only the third in this country, throughout that entire country, um, that uh, depicts a black woman. Right. And you, so, you mentioned wow. 19, 19, 1948 uh, as the year. Yes. Is that correct? And, and why were they invited, uh, the Windrush and uh, Commonwealth nurses? Why was that uh, done? Well, okay. So just to explain, the 22nd of June, 1948, was when a book uh, from the Empire, from the uh, Caribbean yeah. called the Empire Windrush, it was a warship actually, uh, brought over 500 people from the Caribbean who were invited here to build up post-war Britain. So a lot of them uh -huh. were RAF ex-World uh, War II veterans, mm -hmm. um, and a few number of them were women. You've got to understand there were a number of ships coming from the Caribbean within that time. Two weeks later, after the Windrush, the NHS was founded on the 5th of July. You said there was a, uh, a ship that was arriving um, to build up post-war um, uh, Britain, correct? Or... Yes. That's absolutely correct. So, Peter, there were ships before the Windrush and after the Windrush. Mm -hmm. In fact, the Windrush generation has been described as from 1948 to 1972. And, of course, during that period, during that 24-year period, a number of, um, sorry, 14-year period, a number of um, 48, 58, 68, yeah, 24. <laughs> I'm not sure I could write Within that 24-year period, a number of immigrants from the Caribbean came and settled here, and they mainly came uh, and worked um, in the NHS yeah. uh, and on, the, on, on land and transport, you know, uh, and um, uh, other um, areas of industry which were being underemployed by the uh, local community. Mm -hmm. And, of course, these nurses came and they took a lot of vitriol. They took a lot of racism mm. and they made a lot of sacrifices by leaving their families, Peter. You've got to understand that. These were trained nurses, trained in the Caribbean, who when they came over here had to re-educate themselves. Their nursing qualifications were not recognized. Right. That's very sad. Um, very sad. Yeah. That uh, was really the question, um, why they were invited. And I think that in uh, multiple parts, we uh, <laughs> we have that uh, yeah. very well yeah. indeed. Um, just just a, a quick question as well, obviously, about the um, statue. Uh, you said yeah. uh, June was the initial date. It has now been postponed yeah. to October. 
Um, yes. we, we don't really know when the virus is going to end, though, is it? Uh, it might take a little no. bit longer, right? Um, That's a good point. That's yeah. a great point. So October is the proposed new proposed date. Yeah. And if the current easing uh, continues inc incrementally as it is, yeah. then yes, we will do uh, it in October. But clearly, we don't know what the future holds and what social distancing is going to look like mm. in October. Mm. Um, uh, so I guess it's a tentative uh, alternative date. But I have to be honest, at the moment, we're very confident that October will be the day that we install this national statue, which will be of international interest as well. Yeah, of course. And, and who, who will be there from, from the UK? Uh, obviously, uh, Whittingham Hospital, NHS, uh, yes. yourself, uh, anyone yes. uh, famous that you have invited? Or? Oh, yes. Um, well, clearly, there's been members of the royal family which have been uh, invited. <laughs> we haven't yet... And been able to confirm their attendance because, in truth, yeah. the date in October uh, has not been pinned down. So we do have a window, a week window that they are looking at. So once we confirm, then they'll let us know. But we do have people from the uh, the uh, the uh, Royal College of Nurses, RCN, yeah. mm -hmm. and the Royal College of Midwives, and obviously uh, people, senior people within the NHS. We also have some. Uh, interest in nursing organisations, uh, the Retired Caribbean Nursing Association, for instance, the uh, Nigerian uh, Nurses Association, etc. All the different um, Commonwealth groups of nurses will be represented in some way or the other, Peter. Right, right. now that, that, that's brilliant. Obviously, you mentioned that the RCN, that's the Royal College of, of Nurses, from what I understand. They Correct. actually mentioned... Yes. Um, very recently, that the uh, reality is that the uh, health uh, and care workers are at increased risk from the virus, the coronavirus, simply because they're doing their job. So I think this Correct. is a very good moment, really, to, uh, to honor that. The Doctors' Association yes. actually mentioned that the healthcare workers are at considerable risk, and particularly uh, because they have a lack of, of uh, protective... Uh, yeah, yeah, PPE, absolutely. personal yeah. protective yeah. equipment for those who don't yes. know what that means. But um, basically what it means is that nurses um, are doing exceptional things, uh, and I would say yes. in exceptional times, um, and that, that yes. goes a long way back. Antonia, what what do you think about uh, what do you think about this? And we mentioned the numbers earlier from the uh, Bami communities. Um, you work yourself yeah. um, in a center, COVID nineteen center. Do you have a lack of equipment there, or is everything well organized for you? Uh, yeah, we 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 well covered with equipment, and indeed. Um uh, I also have my own company called African Diaspora okay. United, and I managed to to source uh, some protective uh, head shields, and I'm willing to donate them to our VAME uh, frontline workers. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is another thing I'm prepared to do because I think there is a lack of equipment, and and one of my friends, she's a nurse, she told me that once she got to to a sector to 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 help to work mm -hmm. and because she had their protective equipment and there wasn't enough for everyone they had to work on that day without protective equipment because they said it wouldn't be fair for her to be the only one to use which I think is quite a poorly yeah. on NHS to put the frontline workers at that risk yeah. so because I know so many people in the community I've been like resourcing materials I'm also I'm also I also created a, a collection of African um, African face masks which are reversible and washable, um, and also the the advance to protect a little bit more, too much. Yep. And I'm willing to donate some for our brothers and sisters. Really, uh, I think I think uh, Mr. Mr. Boris Johnson really yep. is bringing lots of uncertainty to this 
especially to our uh, frontline workers, because he's not providing them not just with the with the protective equipment, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the with the PPE, which is the personal protection equipment, but he's also bringing them into confusion when he says he's going to provide these trackers, and we don't know the date. Yeah. We don't know when these trackers are going to be available because. I believe even working at the community center mm-hmm. or working in any other for any other company it would be much much uh, better if we could have some of these trackers in the front door yeah. so we can check the staff if they they healthy enough to go to work it would actually prevent the the reinfection or having another problem to do with COVID nineteen because really and truly we don't just want to get rid of of the of the COVID-19, but also to protect ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen when the when the situation eases, really. Yeah, that, actually, over the past two days, I, I read something that they had, uh, well, it was yesterday, just a few new cases, and today also a few new cases, even though quite a few... Um, people uh, that again over over 200. So, but the whole the whole thing seems to ease down a little bit. But that again, and the um, lockdown has eased as well. What what do you think? Do do you think it? Do you have any any idea? Do you think it might go up again, or do you think it will stay the same and the situation will get better? What 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 are your, what are your feelings? To be honest with you, mm-hmm. Boris Johnson is, trans, is transmitting a different mix 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 information. Yeah. Because one minute he wants to ease the school, he already gave us few dates. I think the last date I heard today on the news was the 1st of June. Yeah. Uh, but at my little girl's school, is going to be just for year one and year six. The parents mm. are terrified because I came into across to some of my neighbors, some of the mothers, and they're just terrified. They don't know what to do. So it's a big, big, of, it's big confusion there. And the mm. fact that the, the news only talk about COVID-19, is like they forget that people die for different illnesses and diseases. Correct. And yes. then there is the issue of mental health, which I'm I'm also interested to work with, because after all of this, even right now, mental health and domestic violence increased a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. that's quite yeah. worrying as well. Is that because people are more at home, or, and will that ease when the lockdown eases? Or I think I think the, if we protect, if the government can actually protect and give a long plan. Uh, a long plan measurement to yeah. protect the frontline, the 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 BME yeah. workers. Mm. If you can protect them, you'd be very very good because they're doing a great job. But they can't afford to risk their lives and then knowing if something happened to them, yeah. their families will have no status. They will have to go back to their countries, and some of these countries, there is not even food to eat. Mm. So this is a constant worry they're living with. It's quite worrying, and you're very rightly pointing that uh, that out. I, I, I must say, I, I think though that uh, that it's the right moment really to honor the nurses and, and the midwives. Um, I believe you've yes. done a previous project already, um, Jack. Uh, it was yes. a memorial to the African and Caribbean uh, service personnel. It was in in Brixton. I've seen some photographs. I've seen some of the articles and some of the quotes as well. Um, not yeah. only from the mayor of London, but also of uh, Her Majesty the Queen. Um, really, yeah, we were fortunate. We were fortunate that Her Majesty the Queen publicly endorsed it, yeah. so that was really good. I also met Prince Charles and Camilla okay. um, as a lead up to the memorial. So yeah, we had a lot of estab- uh, uh, support from the establishment, as Very it were, and yeah. also the Home Office also made a generous donation. Yeah. Well, a small donation, which turned out to be significant to uh, install it. So, yeah, this is now the women's turn. Uh, and like I said, uh, it's also interesting that some of the women who were being affected 
I'm talking about the women uh, as in nurses who have been affected by the Windrush scandal mm-hmm. have been asked to return back to the NHS. How wonderful and amazing is that? Yeah. Mm. Isn't that amazing, yeah. Antonia? Yeah. Yeah, and, and some of and, them uh, was already retired, yeah. Exactly. So, so, and so they're in that target group of people who are vulnerable. And you know what, Peter? They still have gone back and helped. Mm-hmm. This is the remarkable nature. Because when you are a nurse, you don't do it for, a, for, a, for money. You know what I mean? You don't do it for a living. You do it for a vocation as your duty. And that explains, Antonia, as we were saying, why people are are dying, you know, because they, especially the BME, you know, those from the BME community, for whatever reason, whether they are uh, put in the firing line more than others, whether others are taking time off, these people do it because they love nursing. They love helping people, Mm -hmm. uh, Peter. Yeah. Because because these, they are the, the part of the BAME, isn't it? Yes, and, exactly. And we know that they make up to 50% of uh, of the adults on social care and staff on yes. NHS, really. Yes, yes. Uh, but, but funny enough, you know, the, the patients mm. are now very concerned because 20% of the deaths are people who caught COVID-19 in hospitals. So, mm. you know, it's very confusing. People are very worried now. You know, yeah. I, I came across many many patients in my community because some of them don't speak the language and I have to do interpreting for them. And they mm. tend to cancel their appointments. Even though they're very vulnerable patients, they are canceling their appointments. So the this is not right. Yeah, 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 it's understandable. Uh, I read somewhere mm. that um, people from ethnic minority backgrounds um, are overrepresented in uh, overcrowded accommodation and households with mm. multiple generations uh, under one roof. Mm. Would that be one of the reasons as well why they're more vulnerable to a virus? Like Can this I one? answer that? I, the, yeah. here's, here's the thing I have. Let me. I'd like to make this contribution, Tony. Here's the thing I have. So the yeah. doctors now. Doctors tend to be uh, of a you know uh, from a higher. Uh, you know, um, uh, background in terms of of um, they're not in overcrowded accommodation. For instance, you'd mm-hmm. think that they have made enough of a living that they could have uh, reasonable um, surroundings. But in this country, the first sixteen of the seventeen doctors that died in NHS were of colour. That's mm-hmm. quite disturbing, yeah. especially when yeah. you compare the numbers, for instance, I'm turning to America. America, yeah. the, the first two uh, doctors that died were were uh, were uh, European American. So why is that? So that's not that's not that's not because they live in overcrowded uh, households, then, is it? Correct. Uh, that must Correct. be a different reason for. Are they more on the forefront? These communities? Is that what it is? Or that is well, what it is is uh, perhaps mm. these doctors are being, as as Antonio said, not given the right equipment to protect ah, themselves, and they're okay. being placed in vulnerable positions. Some yeah. of these doctors are agency doctors, and they are given. Yeah. You know, COVID patients, for instance, where other um, nurses and doctors uh, from other backgrounds may be given a less, uh, you know, uh, threatening patient to deal with. I don't know. All of that will come out in the wash subsequently. But I'm just comparing the numbers and the numbers suggest that something else is going on. It's not just to do with overcrowding. There's definitely a PPE equipment issue. And there's also the uh, propensity that uh, BME doctors may be given more, um, you know, more uh, contaminated patients than somebody else. Yes. I don't know. Ah, but I, believe, okay. I also okay. believe, I also believe, I also believe the situation with hospital. I, yes. I agree with what Jack said, but yeah. I also believe that the situation when it comes to why are these patients more more likely to die? Uh, yes. From my point of view and my studies, is because mm. 
as you can see, men are more likely to die with COVID-19 than women mm. for some strange reason. Yes. Uh, and then, and then these, these particular doctors, maybe they've got underlying issues, but because it's an emergency situation, yes. some of them are from agencies, some of them are coming from the wind rush, and from yes. other settings, they wasn't even at work any longer because maybe they're vulnerable, but they are yes. still heroes Correct. of forgetting about their Correct. own health. Yeah. So and now pardon. So it's like it's yeah. like I've got vulnerable people at home, but yeah. it doesn't mean that I cannot do do a little extra to help. Because mm. if everybody thinks that way, things are gonna work much better because together we do things better. But yeah. it's just it's just I think the government, especially the, the home office, the home office could actually help if they have an input when it comes to giving status to these families, to these heroes uh, families. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. They're living in anxiety, knowing that if anything happened to their partner, would mm. got status in a country, they will have to be deported. Yes. And most of them got the family they're supporting. Maybe yes. the, the people at home are not working. So this is a big issue that needs to really be addressed in order to protect the people who are working yes. with NHS and social services in the front line. Mm -hmm. It's like the 50s all over again. It's yeah. like I said, it's cyclical. Uh, and then what will happen, there will be a calm and then suddenly people have forgotten about these contributions. I hope that's I'm not sure the case. I'm sure they make some movies about it. Uh, and, uh, well, this is why we come there's, back to the there's few, there's few movies. There's few movies already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's yes. few movies already about COVID-19, but they of came course. out a long time ago. Yes, like yes. the pandemic and all of those. I watched one of them and I was thinking, what a coincidence. Yeah, Everything no, that's absolutely. happening now... Was which which movie did you watch, uh, may I ask? Um, which one was pandemic, it? Outbreak? It's or? the pandemic on, on Netflix. On Netflix. Ah, okay. That that yeah. one. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's a series. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed. All right. I I, have, I think um, that everyone is very well aware why we should really um, honor um, uh, nurses. And I think the project you're working on, Jack, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Is there anything that uh, you would like to say to people that are listening to the podcast? Let's start with um, Antonia. Okay. I'd love to leave a message that we're going through a very difficult time. Mm. It's like COVID-19 made, made us realize that it doesn't matter how much money you've got or how much knowledge you've got. We are all in the same position at this point. So what I was about to say is, even if you've got vulnerable people in your family, or even if you are scared or not sure, always be positive and think about what can you do to help that next person. Because you don't really need to go into the community to help that person. All it takes is to pick up that phone and make a phone call to that lonely person. Or maybe just say hello to your neighbor from your window. Little things that we could do to help each other because it's, it's just a difficult moment for all of us. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a very indeed. difficult time, and also, and also, I'd like to say that you know, I'd like to say that the Africa and the diaspora united is willing to um, offer some some face 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 shield, facial shield uh, to the NHS DMA frontline. So we just you know, we as a community can do this. People have to be positive, be positive, and keep on doing what they're doing because they are our ears. Yeah. Absolutely. Jack? Um, I think the lockdown has been a great time for us to reevaluate, reconfigure, reanalyze um, our priorities uh, and see where we are or were going. I think in the UK particularly, we were just coming out of uh, a session of Brexit where xenophobia was perhaps entering um, part of the political 
discourse. And I hope that this uh, unfortunate uh, lockdown um, has made us reevaluate and realize that we all need each other. We're all independent on each other. And um, if people do forget, there will be a seven foot, seven foot high, seven foot wide, 16 piece statue yeah. <laughs> to, re- to remind them. Which uh, has been designed all, already, huh? Which has already been designed yeah. already uh, and uh, is uh, in manufacturing and is, uh, as we've already said, hopefully will be installed before the eyes of the world in October. So watch this space. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, both of you. That was absolutely fantastic and very good to have your input. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. So that was the podcast. Um, I'm very happy that I had uh, all three of them, Michelle, uh, Antonia and Jack, um, on the podcast, in the show. Um, I'll put the links in the show notes and you can find more information as well on our website. That is uh, podcast.earth. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Please don't forget to tune in next time.